Before I came to Baltimore Presbytery five years ago, I served for a little while as an interim pastor of a church in Durham, North Carolina, a very splendid city. And one night at that church when the deacons gathered for their monthly meeting, one of the deacons brought me her new baby. It was a sweet little girl who was just one month old. I told the mom that uh, if she wanted, while the deacons did their work, I would take her baby on a walk around the church. And she said, sure. <laughs> and then she handed her child over to me. Well, as we uh, set off, the child and I, the, the infant wiggled a time or two, but then within a couple of minutes, she was asleep on my shoulder. I carried her around the church for 20 minutes or so. It was the best ministry that I had done all day long. Very young babies will often go to sleep no matter who's holding them. But when a baby becomes just a little older, a little more aware, and her mother hands her to a stranger and leaves her sight, you can almost bet that she will start to scream. It is as if she is saying, I don't like this. I am not feeling comfortable, and I want something done about it now. Have you seen that happen, any of you? <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Israel. When Moses went off, to talk a while with God up the mountain. Moses was the man. It was Moses who'd led the Hebrews out of Egypt into the wilderness on their way to the promised land. Moses was the one who helped them communicate with God. He brought God's words to them and their concerns to God. Moses helped them get food and water from Yahweh. He was the conduit, uh, the mediator, and sometimes the buffer between the people and God. Moses was apparently their essential point of contact with deity. At least they thought so. And so when Moses left, when Moses went up the mountain and the people couldn't see him anymore, they were soon worrying that they had lost their means of influencing God. They started feeling vulnerable and anxious. We don't like this. We're not feeling comfortable now. And we want something done about it now. Well, of course, you and I know what it is like to feel vulnerable and anxious. We do. Uh, say we move to a new community or go to take a new job where we don't know anyone, don't know the ropes. We feel like strangers there. We are strangers. We feel anxious. When we go to a doctor for a checkup and the doctor says something's not right. 
with your heartbeat. I'm going to need to do some more tests. We feel anxious. We hear that recently three houses in our neighborhood have been broken into. What's going on? We feel vulnerable. We feel vulnerable. We know what it is to feel anxiety. And we probably also know how people deal with feeling anxious. By looking for someone else to shift their anxiety to. (laughs) Aaron! Aaron! This Moses who, who brought us out here into this desolate place. We don't know where he is or what's become of him, Aaron. So you make gods for us. Gods who will go before us as we journey on to Canaan. Gods who will make everything okay for us. Aaron, you do it now. Well, Aaron instead of reminding those anxious people that Yahweh had brought them out of Egypt, that Yahweh had delivered them from their enemies, that Yahweh had provided food and water for them, instead of reminding them that Yahweh had been completely faithful to them, Aram became anxious himself. (laughs) What do I do? What do I do? Oh, he says, okay, give me some gold. Give me some gold. Here they said, all of them, tossing them their earrings. Now do something, Aaron. So Aaron took the offering. He melted it down and uh, shaped it in some fashion. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that curious? <laughs> I suppose it does look a little like a calf. And then, stalling, I think, stalling for time, he said, I tell you what, tomorrow, tomorrow, we'll have a festival. I bet he was thinking, I sure hope this quiets him down. And I definitely hope Moses gets back soon. Though I know he's not going to like this much. But what can I do? Come on, Moses. I imagine pretty much everyone out there at the foot of that mountain was feeling anxious, worried that without Moses close by, they, they no longer had access to Yahweh. They no longer had a way of influencing God. No longer had, at the heart of it, a way to control God. So they found someone who would make them a God that they could control for what it was worth. And it wasn't worth much, was it? Friends, the God who made us, who loved us into being, who has provided for our needs, who has forgiven our sins and promised good things to us. 
the God we have come to know most clearly in Jesus Christ, our God has shown us that we can trust God. We don't have control over God, but we each have a relationship with God. It is an ongoing, sure, and certain relationship. And a key insight that I draw from this story is how crucial it is for us to keep that at heart, to remember that particularly when we're facing uh, experiences in which people tend to become anxious, we have a God we can trust. A derivative lesson that I draw from this story is that um, if we do begin to feel anxious in the way that the Hebrew people did, and of course we do and we will, if we begin to feel that way, it will be wise for us to resist the urge to throw gold at our religious leaders. I mean, seeking through a, a spare earring or two to still one's anxious heart is a fool's errand. Though that doesn't keep folks from trying it, does it? True and passionate worship, on the other hand, worship of the sovereign God who in truth has saved us, who holds us in love, that is a path well worth taking when the anxiety is building. That's the path for us to take. We'll be way better off if we turn our energies to worshiping God with devotion, with focused passion, with heart and soul and mind and strength in good times, but especially in hard times. If we worship, acknowledging our need for God's mercy, our dependence, our utter dependence upon God for grace and life. If we worship with humility, not denying that we are dust, but expressing deep gratitude that the dust of which we are made has been hallowed by God, who in Jesus has walked upon it, who has bled upon it, who has given his life for the love of that dust, this dust. Worship is a good and proper thing for us to do when we are feeling anxious for whatever reasons. Something else that's helpful, something else the scriptures urge us to do is to exercise, <laughs> uh, to exercise our trust muscles. You have trust muscles, don't you? You just take a leisurely stroll through the book of Psalms and almost every page you'll find the poets saying things like, trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before God, for God is a refuge for us. And those who trust in the Lord are like a mountain, Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. 
and blessed are those whose strength is in God, in whose hearts are the highways to Zion. They go from strength to strength. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Praying the Psalms, waiting actively on God, remembering how God has dealt faithfully with us our whole lives long, entrusting ourselves again and again into God's hands, counting on God to be who God has said God will be, trusting God to do what God has said God will do, to lead us into life, exercising our trust muscles helps to quiet our anxiety. And then, as we're urged in Scripture, there is being still. Israel, when it became anxious, when it was worrying there at the foot of the mountain, got all whipped up in a frenzy and, and demanded action, action from Aaron. Make gods for us, Aaron, the people cried. Be still, Yahweh declares. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes when we truly still ourselves, we find anxiety melting away. Its death grip on our hearts begins to loosen. We begin to breathe more freely, to sense ourselves not gripped, but rather held tenderly in the hand of a gracious God who is faithful and strong and whose love endures forever. And when, through being still enough, you and I find anxiety's grip upon us loosening, then perhaps we'll be ready to loosen it further by turning some of the energy of our devotion to God outward in efforts of caring for others. Stop brooding on yourself so much, Billy. My mother would sometimes say to me, go do something kind for someone else. It'll help you too. It can. It really does. But of course you know that here at Christ our King. It won't be long before you'll be sending out those giving boxes off to others. You know what it means and what it does to turn your energy toward others. When Israel was not waiting on God in trust, God was watching as God does. And evidently God thought a little while about giving up on the people. But Moses 
trusted God, and Moses knew that God is faithful and steadfast in love. Moses knew that God would keep every promise God had made and get the people to the promised land. Stay with your people, Moses said to God, and I will help them to stay with you. Moses went down the mountain back to the people, and with Moses' help, God did lead Israel on to the place God had planned for them to live. So, this is a stewardship sermon? <laughs> I admit it's a, a strange little stewardship sermon kind of a cautionary tale about tossing gold at our religious leaders. But honestly, friends, I, I trust that you understand that at heart, at its core, stewardship is not about our money. It is instead about our worship of God. Genuine stewardship will never be an expression of anxiety, but rather of our trust in God, our devotion to the God we know in Jesus Christ. It is not about getting something from God. It's about offering something to and for God. It is an expression of free, full, heartfelt response to the love of God to what God is doing among us and through us and to what God has promised to us. It is how we live when we realize and when we rejoice that we have been included in the life of God. What an amazing, gracious thing. A Christian steward is not disposed to feel anxious. He or she knows the blessing that comes from being still and knowing that God is God. A Christian steward simply and profoundly trusts God, lives deeply in Jesus, and loves widely with heart, mind, soul, strength, widely throughout life. A focused Christian steward is a potent force in a world of swirling anxiety. A Christian steward is a model that is uh, much needed now, it is an example and a gift to the greater world. I wonder who has been that sort of model for you? Who? And for whom might you, in turn, with the help of the Holy Spirit, be a model of trust, of genuine Christian stewardship when you leave this place today? So building up and showing forth the beautiful, faithful body of Jesus Christ in this community, friends, my Christian steward friends. May it be so.
May you all together live your praise of God from whom all blessings flow. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen.